Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Fantastic. Well, why don't you come and find your your seats? I've just got a text message that the cows are on the loose in the neighbour's property. But that's what it feels like here this morning, doesn't it? The cows are loose, grazing everywhere. (laughs) It's all good fun, isn't it, hey? Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's week two of being back. It's great to be back. Great to see all your smiling faces. And uh, you guys are a good bunch of people. Do you know that? Just give someone a high five. Uh, always good to do that. Um, do you want to hear from Karen for a couple of minutes just about, about our trip? Yeah, come on up and just share. Why not? She had no idea I was going to do this, of course. Well, hello again. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. You never know what can happen on a Sunday. Um, So, yeah, uh, we've obviously just been away for for nearly a month. Uh, We had the privilege of heading to the US and going to Florida. We spent lovely family holiday time, which was incredible. Uh, It was just lovely to to spend some wonderful time together. For the majority of the time while we were away, we spent time at an incredible place called Hippocrates Health Institute. It is a wellness retreat. Um, We have never drunk so much green juice in our life. If we're looking green, that's why. Um, It was absolutely amazing, to be honest. We really feel like God did so much spirit, soul and body in that time and in that place. Uh, We met incredible people from all around the world. It really is a place where people travel from the ends of the earth. We made friends from people in Italy and France. Uh, We have friends now from, there was a lady from Germany, a couple from India as well. So people all around the world travel to this place for help health, for a holiday, health holiday, for healing as well. Um, it's also a place, it's the leading health institute for disease prevention and reversal. Uh, so we heard truckloads of testimonies and stories of people who had terminal cancer now 20 years later thriving strong and healthy. Uh, I'm telling you right now, our God is phenomenal and he created our body and he didn't make a mistake. Cancer's not a mistake. Disease isn't a mistake. Maybe we do things that cause disease or we live in a fallen world that has toxins and all the rest. But he created our bodies to be healthy and strong and vibrant and full of life. And he also created our bodies to heal. Our bodies know exactly how to heal when we know how to take care of ourselves. We had just an incredible time of of learning so many things, Um, also being immersed in all the treatments. We did hyperbaric chambers. We did cryotherapy where they stuck us in a fridge room with... It was minus 115 Fahrenheit degrees in there. Marty's hair and eyebrows froze over. It was fantastic. I wondered if his hair might snap off when we were in there touching (laughs) it. 
We did all sorts of things. We did red light therapy. We did hot and cold mineral baths. Uh, we had, um, there was all sorts of other therapies you probably wouldn't even know the names of as well. Uh, but we also ate incredible organic food. Uh, but just really learning how to be in an atmosphere and a place that really is quite different to the rest of the pace of the way the world runs as well was an incredible blessing. We are human beings first, doings second. Uh, but we really came away feeling refreshed, which is lovely. Because who knows, you can go on a holiday sometimes and then you need a holiday from your holiday and then you come back and you're like, please book me in for something else. Well, we came back feeling incredibly refreshed, more energy than I think I've ever had in my entire life. I don't know, when you see kids running around and you're like, how do they have that energy? Well, green juice adults is the key. Wheatgrass shots, get them in and you will be bouncing like the kids again. But look, we, we learnt phenomenal things. If anyone's interested, we would love to share more with you. Um, but we also are just so grateful for what God poured into our lives during that time too. We often find when we go away and when we have some time away just to sit and be um, in a completely different environment that we can really hear God speak into so many different layers and levels of our lives as well. So that was an incredible blessing too. Um, and it's lovely to be home. We really are so blessed in Adelaide. American roads are crazy. I tell you, it's a miracle just to survive driving to the supermarket and back in the car. I could not even sit in the front seat. The kids can testify. I was getting car sick from the front seat because of the cars zipping past. Um, but we are incredibly blessed. Uh, America is a wonderful place. Australia is home. Australia is wonderful. We love Australia very, very, very much. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for allowing us the time to have some time as a family and to go away. It was such a blessing to us and we want to say thank you for blessing us and allowing us to have that time also. Um, and we are back full of energy and full of excitement for what God's doing and for what is to come. Um, and we know uh, really quite amazingly that we all know this in, in theory, but when you plant a seed, something grows. Amen. And what grows is always bigger than the seed. If you water it, if you tend it, and if you're faithful with it, well, already God is growing good things um, since we've been back and we're really excited. So, so thank you and um, we're excited to share more in the coming weeks. Awesome. Yeah, so what we're thinking in a, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll, we'll get a couch up here and we'll do some Q&A and uh, Karen and I will explain to you guys some of the things that we've learned because we've realized that it's not just for us to go away and have a nice little time away but anything good that we can learn and share with you guys on health wellness spirit soul and body then it's a benefit and you can take whatever you like and uh but there's there's so many powerful powerful lessons uh in what we've learned so we want to be able to share that with you does that sound okay Awesome. We'll start thinking of your questions and we'll do a text question survey and we'll, we'll get some answers. But um, yeah, it's, it's, there, there's, God's brewing something, isn't he? He's brewing something. And there's a shift happening right now. Um, there's a shift happening. Obviously, the tectonic plates spiritually are shaking over the earth in good and bad. But God always wins. So no matter how bad it gets... No matter what we see going on in the media, God is on the move. Um, 
if you are crazy enough to listen to ABC Australia radio, then you'll know their agenda is completely anti-God. Even to the fact I'm listening to their radio broadcast about Israel and Palestine, what's going on right now, and I'm like, why are they against Israel? Why are they, why are they backing Palestine so much? And, and there's nothing wrong with the Palestinians, but the, the, the Hamas are embedded in there, of course, as we know. And I, I'm thinking about this and I'm puzzled as to why the Western media would be critiquing Israel on defending their land, who was attacked. And so I'm... I'm Listening to this and I'm like, and then I look at another one and that same bias against Israel is, and you'll see it in the mainstream media, you'll see a slight bias against Israel. They're, quest, they're even saying they're going to look at Israel to see whether they're um, conducting war crimes right now. I mean, hello? Hamas just went in and slaughtered innocent people, including women and children, and they're talking about Israel's war crimes. The world has got it all messed up. It's got it all messed up. And the agenda of the media is anti-God. And so we need a powerful God to come and save and heal and deliver us here on earth. And that's what I believe he's doing. And there's a shift happening right now. There's an increase coming. And so it's exciting what God's doing, isn't it? And, um, but today I, I want to talk about... Um, let, me, let me see. I came up with a good title today. The formula... For freedom. The formula for freedom. Do you want to know the formula for freedom? Now, I was useless at mass. Um, uh, I, was, I, I just didn't take much notice of mass. Uh, I needed it later in life, but I had to relearn it. But at school, you know, it just sort of went through my head and, and got lost. But I, over the years, I've worked out a simple acronym, a simple formula for freedom that I want to explain to you today because I need things put simply because I'm a simple person. So I'm going to try and simplify it for you so it's really easy, but it's a real key to freedom. Does that sound good? Yeah. We're going to start reading in uh, Numbers Chapter 14, I haven't got it up on the screen because it's a, a rather large passage. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, and this is Moses has led God's people, the Israelites, um, out of Egypt. And they've seen signs, wonders and miracles. God performed incredible things. And now they're beginning to get to the stage where they're complaining and they're getting disappointed because they're in the desert. Where are we going? What are we doing? Uh, we don't understand God's plan. And they had to walk by faith and, and they didn't quite know how long they were going to be going for. So they're starting, to, uh, they're starting to act up, sin and get a little bit disgruntled. And so uh, Moses goes and talks with the Lord, and, and this is where we pick it up. And, and the Lord says to Moses, How long will these people be disrespectful to me? How long will they not believe me, despite all the signs that I've performed in their midst? I will strike them with a plague and dispossess them, and I will make you into a nation greater than might, that, and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought this people up from their midst." And they will tell it to their inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are in the midst of this people because you, Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you put this people to death all at once, 
Then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, since the Lord could not bring this people into the land which he promised them by oath, he slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now please let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared, saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in mercy, forgiving wrongdoing and violation of his law, but he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, inflicting the punishment of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations. Please forgive the guilt of this people in accordance with the greatness of your mercy, just as you also have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. This is a prayer of repentance. There is a lot of power in repentance. Moses, on behalf of the people, is pulling on God's mercy, pulling on his grace and saying, please, Lord, remember who you are, remember why you created us and forgive us. And this is a point of breakthrough. This is a point that I believe for us as humans to recognise that we are weak, we are frail, we sin, we fall short of the glory of God, we, we have carnal minds, we, we go off track sometimes, we have fears, doubts, anxiety, sometimes we don't have faith when we should have faith. So all of these things are apparent in our life and yet we have a merciful God. We have a merciful God who loves us and he wants to redeem us. He wants to bring life into us and out of us. And so here we see the heart of God displayed by Moses God was ready to smite these people he was angry because they turned away even though he'd performed miracles for them pulled them out of slavery and pushed them into potentially the promised land which wasn't that far away but took them 40 years uh, to find it but Moses on behalf of the people almost a priest type on behalf of the people comes before the Lord and pleads for them he pleads for them. And this is the posture that you and I can take with the Father face to face. Anytime we like, we have direct act. We don't have to go through a priest or Moses anymore. We have direct access to the Father and we can plead with him. And you might be thinking, well, why would I want to plead with him? Let's explore that a little bit today because I used to think that. I've grown up in church and uh, all my life and I remember thinking, yeah, well, once you become a Christian... Jesus died for my sin. He washed me of all my sin. Um, why would I then need to keep confessing and repenting um, and going about that process? Isn't it done? Isn't it a finished work? It's a finished work of the cross. Aren't I done? And I don't know about any one of you in this room that I know I'm still not done. And so it's the human journey because we're still on a fallen earth with sin all around us. And we struggle with flesh and spirit all the time. We struggle with sin and purity all the time. And so our journey is seeking the purity of God, but we struggle against flesh and blood. And so walking this journey, I've realized that the power of confession and repentance is a process of freedom. And so I want to give you an acronym that I've remembered. It's CRF. And then I put a little three in it, like cubed, on the F. C-R-F. Confess, repent, forgive. And why would I put a three on it? Because you have to ask the Lord to forgive you. You have to forgive others. And then you might have to forgive yourself. So it's three ways. Forgiveness goes three ways. And so first we confess. And you might be thinking, well, 
Okay, what, what does that really mean? In James uh, chapter 5, 16, the Bible says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because we have unconfessed sin in our life. That's what it's saying here. So maybe we need to take a gaze inward and take full responsibility for how we're living and maybe what's going on in, in our spirit, in our soul, in our life and say, Lord, I might have to bring some things to you. And, you know, I used to think, oh, well, this, this is something maybe once a year we could, we could do. We could, no, but it's once a day. <laughs> for some of us, once an hour, depending on what situation you're in. But it is powerful. I want, I want to really express that clearly today, that the power of confession and repentance and forgiveness can set you free from years of bondage, years of being held back, years of the heavens being brass, years of unanswered prayer, years of disappointment, failures, cycles and patterns in your life that might have been negative. There might have been situations that you think, why do I always get in this situation in a workplace where the boss always picks on me? And then if you take stock and you go back to your quiet place and you meditate on the word of God, you might realize that the first boss you ever worked for, you, he was, maybe wasn't too nice, but you judged him harshly and you were critical against him. Maybe you gossiped against him. And so for every job since then, maybe you haven't done it since, but if you go back to the root of the cause, it's sometimes causing cycles and patterns negatively in our life from these root causes. I know for me, I had to deal with some school teachers over the years. And now I'm the chairman of the board employing school teachers. But I had some teacher issues. Anyone in the room had teacher issues over the years? Yeah, come on, be honest. I think everyone has. It's a strange environment. And so I know for me, it's, it's, I've had to deal with some stuff over the years. I've had to get rid of some stuff. I've had to get rid of some, some boss stuff. I had a strange boss in my first workplace and it was just a weird environment. And, and then I became a boss and all of those weird judgments were toward me now. And so be careful what you actually are judging because one day it may be turned toward you. And I know 100% it was for me. I, I, when we uh, had our manufacturing business, hundreds of employees. I used to every now and then hear someone say something about me and I think, what? That, that's not true. That's not true about me. And I think, oh, that's exactly what I used to say about the previous boss. <laughs> Confess it before it comes back on you. It's really, really powerful. And so confession and repentance really go together, but confession's the first step. Confession before the Lord is saying, God, I've done this. I've stuffed up. It's admitting the fault. It's admitting the sin. It's bringing it out in the open. See, until we bring it out in the light, it's still hidden. And the enemy loves hidden sin because he can just tap on it every now and then. He can tap on it every now and then. He pulls on it. Wrong, wrong thinking, wrong talking, wrong gossiping, negativity, whatever it might be. It might be thoughts or habits or behaviors or any, anything like this. The enemy will just pull on it. If it's hidden, no one else can see it. So he can just get at it with you and just secretly. And then, and then if you act it out, then he puts guilt on top of it. 
He layers us with guilt. Then he puts shame on top of it, embarrassment. And before long, you've lost your authority. And it's, it's, a, it's a human condition, or even of believers. We lose our authority when we're carrying unconfessed sin. And one of the things that Karen and I have done a number of times throughout our life, and we've put serious money and time into it, is doing heart healing. Heart healing. We, we've travelled the world. We went to this funny little island called Jersey in, in, off England. We spent a whole week. We didn't even know where Jersey was. But anyway, we spent a whole week there with about 80 people all doing heart healing. Basically just the gospel. Simple gospel. Confessing, repenting, forgiving. And uh, we were, I've told this story before, we were predominantly going there because Karen had already done a lot of heart healing and I hadn't. And she really decided, well, Marty needs heart healing, so we're going to this thing. And um, isn't that what you think, wives? He needs the healing. Get him healed, God, while he's snoring away in bed. Jesus, smite him with some healing. It's true. It, hey, come on. Anyway, so we, we go all the way to to Jersey and we had a, a nanny come with us because our kids were so um, young and, and we went there and and first couple of days Karen's just bawling her eyes out because God's just doing stuff in her, not really doing much in me. But by the Thursday they did a teaching on the heart of stone, the heart of stone. And they talked about confessing and your judgments. And, and the moment the dude said that, I thought, I don't like you. Now, that's, that's when you know God's doing something. If you don't like the person who's speaking. So if you're feeling that right now. But judgments, it was huge for me. It was huge for me because I've been in church all my life. I'd heard, you know, all the speakers. I've been at conferences and PK and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it can be a tendency in, in our line. And so I, I know I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. All right, he's pressing on the button. He's pressing on. It's like a little, it's like a landmine, isn't it? But it's slowly, slowly, sometimes it just explodes. Other times just tapping that landmine. It's there, judgmental, pride, arrogance, all that kind of stuff. So that day God dealt with me of, of having a heart of stone, pride, arrogance. And I had to face the reality that I'm quite a proud person, quite a judgmental person. I've judged this person. I judge that person. I judge that person. And so I realized that if I keep going Throughout my life like that, God is going to judge me because we'll get to that. But he's going to judge me for how judgmental I am. And he won't forgive me from that sin. I will be held accountable for that. It's a really interesting um, theology if you want to look at it. But for me that day, I dealt with my judgments and I confessed. I said, God, I've been one of the most judgmental people I know. And I laid it all out. I spelled it out. I confessed it before the Lord. And then the next step is repentance. To repent means to turn away from evil and to turn to good. Really simple. Turn away from evil and turn to good. And so this idea of repentance 
comes after confession. Confession is bring it out in the light, whatever it is. And you might be thinking, I haven't got a lot. Have a think about this week. Have a think about the last month. Have a think about the last year. Are there residual hidden things, thoughts, attitudes, behaviours, patterns, cycles, way of speech, way of talking about people, all of these things God wants us to confess to him. Why? Because he wants to wipe the slate clean. He wants to bring us into a new level of freedom of how we live. We don't want to stay in bondage. We don't want to stay with hidden sin. We don't want to stay negative and toxic and all of this stuff. We want to be free because that's why Jesus came. Most of you have probably seen the Jesus Revolution movie. I watched it on the plane and um, I was snuggled in between two other people and and I always get the end chair because I'm always the buffer between um, a, a person we don't know and our family. Our, fa- our family have decided that dad's the one who is the wall um, with, with, you know, foreigners and the family all get the good seats. But so I'm there with this lady, I'm watching Jesus Revolution. She's watching a little bit of it with me, I noticed. But um, uh, fascinating to see the innocence when God's moving in that movie. The innocent when God's moving, the innocence, the purity. And, and obviously there's a journey that goes throughout that story. But that's how Jesus wants us. And the way our innocence gets eroded is sin, hidden sin normally, and it's unconfessed sin. And it just builds up like plaque over time. And we get weighed down with our own guilt, with our own shame, with our own laziness, with our own spiritual lethargy, all of this stuff. But the good thing is, in one prayer, it can be gone. One prayer. Confess your sin one to another. And the promise is this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you want powerful and effective prayer, get out your book of confession. Start writing it down. Start writing down your old bosses. Start writing down old friends that have left you. Start writing down betrayals. Start writing down when people have hurt you, when they've spoken about you. All of those experiences that maybe you've been abused, maybe you've had really, really hard things that have happened in your life. We're not making light of those things, but you bring them into the light because when things are in the light, God brings healing and transformation. And then our responsibility is repentance. Romans 2.4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, knowing, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God is a good God. He's not a bad God. He's not mean. He's not nasty. He's not angry with anyone. But we don't want to take his goodness and his mercy for granted. We want to come out of that motivation of his kindness and bring forth our repentance. Out of his kindness and his love and his mercy, we repent. And I remember at some of these weeks that Karen and I have done, we've had sheets where we've just written down everything we can possibly confess. Everything. I mean, for a lot of us, it's mum and dad issues. I know for my kids, it's certainly not dad issues. But... (laughs) For most of us in this room, it's, I know you're laughing very sarcastically because you know it's the opposite to that, but I love you anyway. For every human being, you've had a broken mum and dad. You've had broken grandparents. They're, They're all doing their best, but issues come up. Stuff comes up. And so it's really, really powerful to make sure that those lines of inheritance 
that we inherit from mum and dad on all the sides are clear and confessed and forgiven because there's power in generational freedom. And we've done this partly because we don't want to pass our crap on to our kids. Hopefully we can be as free as we possibly can with and our baggage doesn't get passed on to them. We, I mean, it's, it's hard enough in this crazy, weird world that we live in right now rather than dealing with mum and dad's garbage. And so confession, repentance and forgiveness brings generational freedom to you and your kids. And so we're confessing first, then we're repenting out of God's kindness, knowing that he's not going to come and punish us. You might have the worst hidden sin or the worst grudge or judgment or stuff going on in your life. God wants you to come to him. He wants you to come to him. And he's, he, he loves nothing more than to wipe us clean. That's why he died on the cross, so that you and I could be clean of all that garbage, all that sin. I remember for me, um, repentance is, is quite a big one. Karen's actually really good at it. She's good at forgiving and apologizing. But for me and my family, we haven't been great at the apology. So repentance is similar to apology, really. So we, we've been a bit stiff in... Why are you laughing, Jill? Is that you laughing? Or is, someone's laughing. I know, because they probably know me, that's why. <laughs> but it's an interesting concept because a, a really, 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 really deep apology takes full, full responsibility. And I remember when um, our business was really going downhill. And we, we, I've told this story many times. We hit a disastrous project where we lost... $10 million, and it was just, it was killing us. We were bleeding cash. I mean, bleeding cash. And I remember um, at that time thinking, God, why are you allowing this to happen? We're giving millions into your kingdom. We're, see, I was doing a Moses. I was giving him all my reason. I'm pleading on him. I'm pulling on his mercy and his grace. And I'm saying, God, but we've done this. We've done this for you. We've done this for you. And he, you're letting this thing disappear before my very eyes. And so I'm pleading with him. And the heavens are brass. I'm not hearing anything. And, uh, and I remember at one stage realizing that, A, I'd taken this project on out of pride. I, did, I knew I shouldn't have taken this particular project on or this portion of it anyway, but I wanted to win it because I wanted to beat my competitor. Now, funnily enough, that competitor ended up buying my company. So it's weird how God does this stuff. But I didn't really like them. <laughs> Sorry, Tony, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> this you've got to be careful up here because you never know where this thing's going. But it's, it's weird when worlds collide. But um, anyway, so... So I remember the point where God began to really deal with this stuff and say, well, the truth is if you never took this project on and if you didn't get it into so much debt anyway, which Karen had been telling me for a little while, uh, then you wouldn't be in this situation. And so I had to confess my whole drama to him and I had to repent. I had to repent because I realised that a lot of this wouldn't have happened had the sin not been apparent in the first place, had the wrong heart. Pride's a bad sin. Some people might think, well, that wasn't too bad. Pride is one of the worst. It's, it's, it's what got Lucifer cast out of the great place. And so we, we got to be careful with how we level out sins sometimes because they're all sin. And so for me, the point of confessing and repentance was, was quite deep. It was quite an awakening because I realized, wow, okay, yeah, things are pretty bad, but ultimately, 
Had I not done that, things would have been fine. And that's the point for most of us. We, we do, as humans, like to blame shift. We like to put the blame just anywhere else. I just, it's too much, too confronting for me to take the full brunt of that blame. And I'm not saying that, that you guys haven't been through hard stuff. Most of us in this room have been through hard stuff where other people have done stuff to us. And that's a different ballgame. But where we need to take responsibility instead of shifting that blame, it is a powerful moment when you say, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry, Father. It was me. It was my heart. It was my judgments. It was my sin. It was me. And it's, it's like a moment of awakening. It's a moment of awakening because you're laying it all bare. And then comes forgiveness. Now, this is the powerful part. Matthew 3.8 says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Bear fruit. I talked about fruit last week. In keeping with repentance. In other words, keep repenting. <laughs> keep repenting. And then we want to bear that fruit in repentance, but then out of repentance comes forgiveness. Because Forgiving is the final step of the cross. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. That's what Jesus said. Father, forgive them. He was taking on the burden of all our sin, all our shame, all our guilt. But Father, forgive them. It's a releasing point of freedom. It's, it's an image of the cross. It's the releasing point of your freedom and my freedom. And so Matthew 6.15 says, but if you, if you uh, actually we'll get to that in a minute. I just want to summarize forgiveness just a little bit more before we finish. And that is the power of forgiveness. If you've had stuff done to you throughout your life that wasn't your fault, you might think, "What? Well, this was done to me. I, I was hurt. I was betrayed. I was wounded. And it's got nothing to do with me. I'm never going to see that person ever again. It is a spiritual law. And spiritual laws are just as powerful as natural laws. And even though we can't see them, they are very, very, very real, like sowing and reaping in good directions and bad directions. Sowing and reaping is very apparent in our lives. And so um, forgiveness is just like that. When we choose to forgive, we take the forgiveness of Jesus on the cross for us and we receive that. When we give that as a free gift to someone else who doesn't deserve it, it unlocks chains over our lives. It unlocks limitations around us. Relationships begin to heal. Things begin to happen. And if we go back to the first verse of confessing, then our prayer is powerful and effective. So it even helps our prayer life. And so forgiveness is really the final step in this process to bringing true freedom. And we might have to forgive that person who's hurt us or the hundred people that have hurt us. I want to encourage you over the next week, write down a list. You might be, you know, uh, going for a walk or go for a drive down the beach or go somewhere. You spend some time and write down stuff that God shows you. People that have hurt you, betrayed you, things that have been said about you. It might be situations. It might be school or work or uni or whatever environment. And dig deep into the stuff because the more you dig, the freer you'll get. And there's no one in this room who doesn't want to be free of baggage. Everyone wants freedom. We've seen over the years some, people, some people's ailments begin to get better, and the Bible talks about this, the more they forgive. The Bible says that if we come to the communion table like we did this morning, we don't have a table anymore. I mean, COVID sort of stuffed up communion, didn't it? But anyway, um, 
when we come to communion, if we are harboring unforgiveness, then no wonder some of you are sick. That's what the Bible says. It's a powerful spiritual principle, this freedom that I'm talking about. And I know most of you carry it. Most of you know that. But I want to encourage you this week, write down everything, all the stuff, all the garbage, all the events, all the trauma, all the hurt, all the negativity. Write it down. And, and Habakkuk 2, 2, 2 says when you write it down, you run with it. It's a powerful principle. And so you write it down, you confess it before the Lord, you repent. I'm turning away from that stuff and I choose to forgive those people. And you list them off name by name, name by name. I, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them. And as you're doing it, the spiritual chains are being loosed over you and them. It's really powerful. They're getting free as well because you're not judging them anymore. There's no, no judgment arrows coming toward them anymore. So you're freeing them even though they might not deserve it. R.T. Kendall, the great theologian and teacher, says that one of the tests as to whether you really know you've forgiven a person, totally forgiven them, is can you pray, Lord, bless them? Lord, bless them. And for me, if I can pray, Lord, bless them financially, then I know I've forgiven them. I'm serious. It's a test for me. It might not be for you. It might be in another area. But for me, if I'm praying, Jesus, bless those guys financially, abundantly, bless them, bless them, bless them, then you know you're rejoicing in their freedom, but you get double the freedom. It's a powerful thing. It'll unlock you. It'll unlock them. It'll make you more attractive. It'll make you more happy. It'll make you more joyful. It'll give you a joyful, light spirit because there's no chains. There's no baggage holding you back anymore. And believe me, I was sitting on our couch this morning. Before I ever preach something like this, I know I've got to clean up, right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I'm sitting on our... We got, we, we got a little... Um, anyway, I was sitting on our recliner. It's a, it's a machine called a PEMF machine, okay? And it, it does some good stuff to your body if you look into it. So I'm sitting on this thing for 50 minutes this morning. I did a double session, got the Bible out, got my phone out. I'm like, Lord, I want to make sure every last drop is dealt with. Every last, have I got any wrong thoughts there? Any wrong thoughts there? But this is the daily journey because God wants us clean and pure vessels so that other people will look at us and go, what have they got in them? What are they, why are they so light? Why are they so joyful? Not baggage held down, not talking about their previous church or boss or this or that or the other, but these people are free. These people have got something. And so... That's what he wants for us, the power of forgiveness. And why do I put F cubed is because that it's definitely toward other people. But then we need to say, Lord, forgive me. I forgive them, but you need to forgive me. Forgive me of my judgments. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. And then the last one we sometimes forget about, and this is what some people, especially if you've got a really soft heart, if you've got a really soft heart and maybe you've been hurt and insecure and wounded over your years, you forget to forgive yourself. But there's power when you learn to forgive yourself. It's, it's one that gets left off sometimes, isn't it? Because we don't want to think too much about ourselves. But let me tell you, when you forgive yourself, you get a whole burst of confidence because the spirit of sonship will come upon you. Because you'll know you're adopted into the family and no one deserves it, but everyone deserves it. 
And that's the thing. No one is better than anyone else. We're all adopted into his royal family by the blood of Jesus. We're made pure and holy. And through confession, repentance and forgiveness, we can give gifts to other people. They don't deserve it, but we didn't deserve it either. We can loose them from chains and loose ourselves from chains and bring a joy and freedom in our life. So maybe you've been carrying some stuff. I want to encourage the band to just come up here. Maybe you've realized that you have spiritually, you know, it's been boring. The Bible is boring. Everything's boring. I want to encourage you. It might be that there's been some stuff still sitting in there, unconfessed sin or maybe some ways of thinking or maybe you're harboring stuff against that crazy pastor, Marty Manuel, or, you know, someone did something wrong to you over the years. Free yourself today. Free yourself today from any of that stuff. And it, it only takes a minute. So I want you to stand. And just close your eyes. You might want to make a mental note. You might even want to take this a little bit further this week and just, like I said, write some stuff down. It's something we do regularly, 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 regularly. Write it down, deal with it. Write it down, deal with it. As you do it, it's breaking chains off your life. Maybe you've been stuck in the same place for many years. And you've said, Lord, why am I not breaking through? Maybe this is the key. Maybe this is the key. Go to the root of the problem. Go to the root of the issue. Go to the root of whatever he's highlighting to you this morning and confess your sin before him. You don't have to do it out loud, but just bring it before him right now. We've had communion this morning. We remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. Perfect place. And all you have to do is say, Lord, Jesus, I confess this. I confess this. I confess that, that in my life, that way of thinking. I repent. I turn away. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it to be a part of my life anymore. I choose to forgive that person. I choose to forgive that group of people. I choose to forgive that situation. And I ask that you would forgive me for what I've held, those judgments, that hurt, that the, the toxic language, the thinking, whatever it is, I bring it before you. Forgive me, Jesus. And finally, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I take on the grace that He's given and I forgive myself. I give myself that free gift of grace that I don't deserve, but is free to everyone who believes. And so Lord, today, we thank You for the power of the cross, the power of forgiveness that breaks chains. I pray that chains would be broken in this room now in Jesus' Name. Limitations that have been on your people for too long, ways of thinking, depression, anxiety, insecurity, fear, broken in Jesus' Name, broken off your life in the mighty Name of Jesus, in the mighty Name of Jesus, in Jesus' Name. Chains are breaking now. Chains are breaking now. In Jesus' Name. He's just going along and breaking chains, limitations, ways of thinking, a poverty mentality, uh, uh, insecurity, fear. In the mighty Name of Jesus, in the mighty Name of Jesus, we break every chain of the enemy, every chain of Satan broken today in Jesus' Name by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus sets you free. The blood of Jesus sets you free. And if you're free, you're free indeed. If you're free, you are free indeed. If you've done that this morning, 
and you're feeling freer and you want more freedom, just lift both hands. I want to pray for a fresh impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank You that You are here, that You are real, that Your Word is real, that Your power is real. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that You'll fill each one with a touch of heaven, each one with a fresh touch of the wind of the mighty Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Some of you are going to begin to feel the touch of, the tangible touch of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you never felt that before. Holy Spirit, wind of the Spirit begin to blow. Wind of the Spirit begin to blow. Fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh anointing. There's freedom in the anointing. There's freedom in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, more. We're just going to wait on Him for a minute. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. In His presence, there is fullness of joy of joy. Holy Spirit, release your fire. Release your power. Release your presence right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Fresh anointings coming on some of you right now. Freedom is just flowing over some of you right now. More. More. Holy Spirit. More. More. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's so much more. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Lord, we just we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. And we ask, Lord, that what you've begun today, you would increase. I ask that everyone would get an upgrade in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Bless you guys. Have a good week. We'll see you next week.